Welcome to Mac and Jack Talks NBA. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to an exciting episode of Mac and Jack Talks NBA. So this week's topic will be discussed. We will we will be discussing about why the Bulls are such in the top two in the top two seed right now. Because a one underrated player that deserves a shout out from Mac and Jack Talks NBA, we will reveal that when we talk about the topic. Our second topic that we will be uh, discussing on is the fact that two fans on the courtside seats got ejected by LeBron James because LeBron James was telling the ref, and the ref ejected those two fans out. So before we start. Getting into the t- right into the topic, what I want to give is a shout out to our new latest fan from Saudi Arabia, Eastern Province of Saudi Arabia. Thanks for joining this new community. I hope you give it a listen. I hope you enjoy our other NBA content because we tried our best to create for our fans. So, currently. The Bulls are the second seed of the East. No one would have expected the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, who weren't even in the playoffs last year, to be the second seed of the East right now. Although it's still too early on in the season, but I have confidence in the Chicago Bulls that they will be within the top four or top five rank in the East. Just due to the good, the right ways they are playing, they have the right players, the right additions that they got, such as Lonzo Ball, Demar Derozan, Zach Levine as usual, Nikola Vucevic, and Alex Caruso. Those are the key contributors towards why I believe the Chicago Bulls are doing so well. So, a little fun fact. The Chicago Bulls are currently number one in transition efficiency, and number three as a whole team in points off turnovers. That is crazy for a team who did not have a reputation of being such a good defensive team under the uh, under the leadership of head coach Billy Donovan. I wasn't sure that going into this season. How well would they be in defensively? Because it seems like the players that they that they signed were much more defensive, defensively or a mindset. Demar Derozan, as we all know, he played for the San Antonio Spurs, and we all know that Greg Popovich has some high standards of making the right plays, um, uh, uh, making the right plays. You play hard on defense. Coach Pop will love you already, and it seems that Demar Derozan has gotten his experience from his San Antonio Spurs day by being a better playmaker for the Chicago Bulls, despite having Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, we all know, was very decent on the defensive end. He had a great wingspan, active hands. He is very tall for his point guard position. But having also an underrated player like Alex Caruso, aka 
the bald mamba. The bald mamba. To me, he just kind of really looks like a Pillsbury Doughboy. You know, like it's just a Pillsbury Doughboy with a with a headband. Bald mamba, aka the Chicago Bulls. Baldness with his headband. He reminds me of the cartoon Popeyes. Both pale skin, angry looking, and a bit muscular. Back to you, Jack. So the Bulls are also in the number seven in defense because due to Caruso clamping it down with blocks, active hands, he makes sure that the defenders, the opposing uh, opposing player that he's guarding, make sure doesn't have an easy shot. So. Currently, Alex Caruso's regular season averages for 2021 and 2022 are seven nine points per game, four assists, three rebounds. But what was really outstanding or the category that caught my attention was 2.3 steals. For a point guard, besides Chris Paul, besides Russell Westbrook, I have... I don't know anyone who has had averaged at least 2.3 steals like Alex Caruso. Although it's only been 20 plus games in the, uh, in the early of the season, but I believe he will be averaging at least around 2 steals to 2.1 steals by the end of the regular season. I have no doubt about it because Alex Caruso is a great hustler. So there was this one game when they were playing against, I believe it was the Knicks. Art he was, he was guard. Alex Caruso was guarding R.J. Barrett, and despite him getting screened by Randall, he would still guard R.J. Barrett tightly while most players would have given up. That's uh probably besides Avery Brad, a uh, prime Avery Bradley on the defensive end, Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly. Those players who are known for being hounders or dogs. So, and then most common plays that a lot of teams really play nowadays is hands-off because it's really convenient. It's quick to give off the ball, give away the ball. So, Alex Caruso... Make sure he falls and contests till the last minute until the opposing offensive player releases the shot, whether it's uh, going for that drive-in or that step-back three-pointer. He will still contest. So even at times when he gets beaten uh, in screens, he makes sure that his, his hip is in check with the opposing a player he's guarding, so it doesn't give, so it doesn't give him an easy angle for him to either lay it in or float it in. He makes sure that he also communicates with the guy who's come, uh, who's coming up, his teammates. Make sure to help him at times, so to stall the opposing players he's guarding, so they don't get some easy floaters or easy passes. And then I believe that. What makes Alex Caruso's stand out in the steals category is the fact that he makes good calculated gambles to go for the steals and deflections or reach in. For example, 
if it was Russell Westbrook, regardless of whether it's a good gamble or a bad gamble, he would still just go reach in despite his opposing player, uh, despite the fact that despite the fact that the person that Westbrook is guarding isn't even well known for driving past the player, Russell Westbrook will still make easy gambles like like that, which ain't good, which is why Russell Westbrook has a bad reputation of going in for the steals at the wrong time. I believe Mac has a comment, so... When, when I watch Russell Westbrook... It seems like he likes to really get off on the open floor and be able to steal the ball and get that thunderous dunk. That's what feels his game. That's what he's known for. And being the point guard, he's at the first. He only has one person to defend, and then it's the basket. If you could imagine the opposing point guard that he's guarding has the ball they bring it up. All he needs to do is try to gamble, deflect for the steal, and then he has an open lane most of the time unless he deflects it out of bounds. Unfortunately, Russell Westbrook loves to gamble and is not a very disciplined defensive player, something that a coach like Tom Thibodeau or Greg Popovich would completely disagree and discourage. Alex Caruso is kind of like the opposite of that. When you watch him play defense, he leans in, but not so far enough where he cannot quickly recover within half a second. Because we all know when you lean out of position like Russell Westbrook does, sometimes you're out of balance, you fall forward, and then the the offensive player that you're guarding could easily just cross over, throw it behind the back, or pass it, and then the whole defense breaks down because of one bad gamble. So it's very impressive to see Alex Caruso only a few years into his NBA career really be able to play such good defense and sound defense. And not only that, he doesn't really have the freak of nature length like a Kawhi Leonard. He does not have a giant hand like Rajon Rondo or again like Kawhi Leonard. So it's quite impressive to see him able to anticipate these passes, gamble very smart. I wouldn't even call it a gamble half the time. It's just calculated risk-taking and be able to get these steals. Not to mention that Alex Caruso is very aware of the ball despite his opposing player that he's guarding not having the ball. So he makes timely deflections. Even top offensive talented stars like Steph Curry, who has a master class, wasn't able to do anything against Caruso. It was like Caruso snatching the ball from a kid, you know? That's how Steph Curry's master class was ineffective against the bald mamba. That means master class ain't got nothing on the bald mamba. Even James Harden, who's well known for his little dance, when he ever he, whenever he dribbles and has a ball in his hands, got st- his, the ball stolen, not even past the half court, twice. That comes to show you that Alex Caruso hounds the player, whether it's full court or past the h- half court sets. Alex Caruso don't matter, you know? It don't got matter to Alex Caruso. At the end of the day, 
Alex Caruso will just hound where the ball is at and whoever he is guarding. So, in the fence, we all know Steph Curry is one of the top three scorers right now in the NBA and has been a top scorer for many, many years, a two-time scoring champ. So take it with a grain of salt. We were exaggerating that Caruso shined down. There were possessions where Caruso did indeed contain the great baby assassin Steph Curry. But overall, there is really nobody stopping Steph Curry. The only player that stops Steph Curry is himself and his own ankles. And the last thing I want to talk about is that Caruso also has really good ability in crossing through the screens. He's able to slip the screens. And again, another thing I want to point out is Caruso is really un- is a really underrated passer. I know he's 6'3", 6'4", so he's a little... He could play that combo guard. His ball handling is decent and not the best, but he is great at those cross-court passes, finding the open man the V-cutter, and the alley-oops. Maybe not as great as Lonzo Ball, but he's getting there. So now on to the second topic. King James kicking out another courtside seat fans. This time a two young, uh, I, I suspect they're couples, a man and a woman. And we don't know exactly what went on, but we saw LeBron was very agitated. He proactively dragged a referee over and said, hey, these two, these two, and was very animate. And you could tell he's very mad. And he was adamant that these two had to be kicked out. And the ref and security had to kick these two people out. And a fun fact, this is actually the second time LeBron James had kicked out fans, or at least that's what we've known of. Last season against the Atlanta Hawks, he kicked out uh, the the woman dubbed uh, I guess the Hawks Karen who was complaining and and going on Twitter we heard a fan talk about uh, overhearing now we don't know if it's true or not that the couple in the Indiana Pacers stadium the Pacers fans were talking crap about Bronny James LeBron James LeBron James eldest son. It's talking about, I hope Bronny James gets into an accident. Something really, really nasty. And I agree. These things are over the line. You shouldn't be shouting these things. If you shout it once or twice, okay, we could ignore it. But if you're consistently shouting it, saying these really terrible things to hear, we are all human, man. This is this is not right. So I agree LeBron James had every right to kick those two people out because that's completely disrespectful. And one more thing about Bronny James. We we had a breakdown of Bronny James' game in high school last week. So if you don't know, give that a listen and see how Mac and Jack evaluated Bronny James' game. I totally agree that NBA players are also humans. And especially even LeBron James quoted himself. The fact that when obscene gestures and language come into it, it can't be tolerated. There's a difference from cheering for your team and not wanting the other team to win and things. I would never say to a fan, and they shouldn't say, uh, I would never say 
and things that I would never say to a fan and they shouldn't say to me. So that comes to show you that I believe that LeBron James tried to channel, uh, like, not pretend not to hear it. But it, at one point, it just got to the point that it was not tolerable anymore, especially when it comes to his family, which is his end of the line, you know? Like, you should not ever talk about someone's family. That is not tolerated no matter who it is or what it is, you know? That is not acceptable. Not to mention, I'll call her the Pacers Karen. What what she did was, while she was getting ejected, she was shedding some fake tears and making a pouty face. So not even do you not feel remorse about your actions, but the fact that you also try to create some drama by faking, uh, shedding fake tears and a pouty face being sarcastic, that is absurd. Not even Mac and Jack would allow it. That is not allowed. Once again, just because you pay for those tickets, I know it's your hard work, work money. But if you're sitting on court side, I don't think it's really hard earned at this point. It's really whatever your husband or whatever your other spouse earns, you know. Regardless, you should still respect the opposing players from the other side of the team, whether you support them or not. There are such there are things that is allowed and not allowed when you're entering an NBA game. If you can't even follow the basic rules or principles of the guidelines you deserve to be kicked out similarly in our podcast it is an environment where we do not tolerate any hatred racism bigotry sexism and although we do poke fun at players there are lines we do not cross and we hope our fans do not cross and we spread that positivity and love around the world. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode, and good night. Thanks for listening. This is the end of today's episode. Please like, share with friends, and subscribe.